My name is Mark Fratto, and I'm the voice of the Washington Commanders at FedEx Field. You're listening to the Command This Podcast with Steve, Dev, and Phil. What's up, everybody? I know I'm horrible about doing the one-minute countdown, but you should already have this tuned in and been ready for us to pop in at 8.30. We're, of course, casually a couple minutes late. It's your boy, Phil, here with the Command This Podcast, joined, as always, by the one and only Dev. Dev, how you doing tonight? What up? Of course, Steve is not able to make it with us tonight. He is out being uh, you know, full-time daddy tonight. Uh, so he will be popping into the comments and so forth. He may be on towards the end of the podcast. We shall see. Anyway, so here we are. We're coming up on week 10. We are going to Seattle to play one of our uh, a team that I kind of see as one of our rivals. Um, at least, you know, playoff rivals, it seems like past decade and a half. In the Seattle Seahawks, um, we faced them three times in the playoffs in the post uh, dynasty era. We faced them in 2005, 2007, and in 2012, or after those seasons. And uh, our seasons ended at the hands of Seattle. So I've always had a little bit of a mm, feeling towards the Seattle Seahawks. Um, also, you know, the fact that they basically gained a fan base out of nowhere for a few years and now everybody's forgotten them but uh anyway looking at the 2023 seahawks this is a little bit of a different team than we had seen in teams in years past uh dev what are your impressions on this year's seattle seahawks uh some mid they are i mean they're a good team man they're sound they're coached very well they got a steady player quarterback now uh, Green has kind of turned his career around. Uh, Seattle has some weapons at receiver, definitely in uh, Metcalf, uh, the young boy uh, rookie receiver they use sometimes too, and they also have still uh, your boy in their slot. Um, what's his name? Oh, um, uh, 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 Smith and, and um, I can't pronounce his name. Not just, I know him. I'm talking about the other receiver, not him, not those two, not him and Metcalf, the other guy. Lockett. Lockett. Yeah, Pro Bowler, dope receiver. Uh, Lockett, uh, they still have him who probably poses the most threat consistently. Uh, they got a pretty strong running game in Walker. Um, so, you know, you're going to have uh, – our defense is going to be tested pretty good uh, this game, man. We just got to hold. I understand that. Well, let me uh, kind of uh, show some things here while we do this. Uh, let me share my screen and show you. And um, bah, 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 bah. you have to forgive me here. I'm still learning all the wonderful aspects of this whole deal. So right now we're looking at the 2023 Seattle Seahawks. They are ranked 20, 17th in points for on offense, 20th in yards gained. They are 22nd in points allowed uh. and 25th in, in uh, yards allowed. So. Uh. Both bottom half of the league there, but 
despite that, they do have a five and three record. So they have managed to escape by with some some tough wins here. If you want to look at their look at their uh, their schedule so far this year, you can see that you know they beat the Rams. They lost, sorry, they lost to the Rams. You know, thirty to thirteen, and a bit of a surprising loss to be open season. Edged out the Lions in overtime. Beat the um, rebuilding Panthers by ten. Stomped the Giants. Lost a close one to the Bengals. Beat the Cardinals by ten. Beat the Browns by four, which is a little surprising. And then got completely uh, snuff filmed by the Baltimore Ravens, who put up 298 yards rushing on them and 515 yards of total offense on them uh, last week. They are five and three. They are, uh, as of right now, in the playoffs. But they are a team that basically they're vying for, they're tied for first in the NFC West, and they are going to be a viable playoff team, looks like, or at least a team that's going to be uh, basically uh, challenging for one of those spots um, for the la- one of the last playoff spots. And uh, one of the teams they're going to be challenging with is going to be, right uh, as of right now, yeah. the Washington Commanders. Yeah. are currently four and five. And uh, have played well the past two weeks, put up over 450 yards of offense on average the past two weeks. So, uh, you know, things are trending up for us. And the Seahawks look like, you know, they're, they're going to be a tough team. But um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not particularly impressed by them. I think they've edged out some games that they could have easily lost. They could easily be three and five uh, this season. With two of their wins, their tough wins with against the Bengals, against the Lions, they could uh, lost either one of those games. I'm sorry, not the Bengals, but the the Browns. Their win against the Browns and their win against the uh, Lions could have gone either way too. Uh, let's in the comments here. Our resident Eagles fan, Terrence, they're having their bye week this week. Uh, yes, sir. No birds die. Eagles die. Gotcha. All right, Steve, popping in from the comments, shouting out Terrence, says enjoy the bye week. Super Chef, what up, Super Chef? Salute from the kitchen, fellas. Big game on Sunday. Absolutely is. Absolutely is. Uh, You know, this is going to have a lot of implications that we're going to make something of this season and make a playoff run. It's got us, you know, it started last week, but this week's a big one because it's in conference and it's against a team that – is in one of those uh, wild card spots right now, as they do not have the tiebreaker over the 49ers at the moment. Mark Steedlin says, what up, Phil, Dev, and Steve? What up, Marcus? And, uh, of course, Dev getting in the comments and letting you know that Louisville's got to tighten up, Marcus. Louisville's always got to tighten up, don't they? <laughs> yeah, we're up 7 or nothing right now against Virginia. Well... I mean, it's uh, Virginia's not particularly great. I'm right. Not, that's that's why I said we got to tighten up. We're number eleven in the country right now in football. You think Louisville's ever going to be a top ten program? We're eleven right now. Do you think they're going to crack into the top ten? I mean, looking you know, moving forward. Yeah, yeah. With uh, with Brown that coach, yeah, I think it happened. I mean, we did it a few times with Lamar and Teddy Bridgewater. I believe you're uh, and Redmond, you're, you're and Redmond, around the bottom part of that tent. That tent and Redmond, they all got in there. 
Mm. Right, Manel? Mark Seeland definitely agrees with you. Getting back to the uh the 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 game coming up this Sunday. I want to touch base on a couple of things here and uh just kind of go through this is some stuff I found while uh scrolling Instagram because I, I think that these are some interesting uh little tidbits to kind of show you where we are at with some individual players, namely our quarterback and our uh defensive backs. So let me share this with you here. Benjamin St. Juiced has 12 forced incompletions this season. That is first in the NFL. Shout out to uh, Washington Daily on Instagram. A great follow uh, as well. I think that's, you know, we, we, we definitely have uh, given a lot of hell to our defensive backfield this season, but it's always nice to see when someone is playing very well. Um. As well. Now, looking at some of these other bits from that I found uh, this season, or I'm sorry, this week. Uh, all right, tired of this thing asking me for permissions and stuff. Here's a little bit of uh, uh, an interesting stat: Sam Howell is currently leading the NFL in big time throws per Pro Football Focus with 22. That's more than Tua. That's more than Jalen Hurts. That's more than Matthew Stafford. That's more than Josh Allen. Now, at what point do the he's just a fifth rounder arguments die? Um, let me see if I can uh, let me full screen this so people can see. Right there. Big time throws. Sam Howell, number one, people. I. What else can you say? The guy is the guy's been productive without a reasonable offensive line, and he still hasn't even started sixteen full games in his career yet. He's not. He's not even in his second season at this point. So, anyway, so last one I wanted to share is uh, this one right here. And it's talking about trending in the right direction. I, f I think this is a very interesting one as well. So this one points out that Sam Howell, in his first seven games this season, his sack rate was 12.8%, which is the third highest amongst quarterbacks with at least five starts. However, in the last two games, it's only 3.8%. Only six QBs have had a lower number, if you look at all the QBs who have at least 20 attempts. That's a big improvement. And again, shout out to Washington Daily for all of these. They're a great aggregator of content. Um, but what do you think, Dev? You think everything's trending in the right direction when it comes to our guy, uh, Sam Howell? Yeah, yeah. It looks like he, he could be possibly the real deal, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm anxious to, to see how I finish out the season and see what he does, man. Hopefully the second half is as good or about better than the first half. Now, how much how much do you think is that uh, Sam Howell just growing because he is a young quarterback? I don't I don't know versus how much of that is changing up the guard in the center the the left guard in the center. Well, I don't know. Like as far as we got the ball by the way, fumble. But as far as how I don't really see him as playing bad all year. I didn't see him play bad the last game of last year. I didn't see 
I don't see anything indifferent than I saw at the beginning of the year. I just see now that if the line blocks or they, they make a steadier game plan, that his the abilities that we've been seeing is able to show up more often. So he's able to look more consistent. Um, I don't think he's had – I think I talked to Shotguns about this one day. I don't think he's had a game where I said, well, how's the reason we lost except for the Bills game? I think he didn't play great in some games. But he only played bad in the Bills game, where he won the infamous Glidukey Award. You know what I'm saying, by the way. <laughs> um, you know he's made a couple of bonehead passes, but hell, Mahomes has made a few bonehead passes. Uh, Al, Josh Allen has made more than a few bonehead passes. You know, I mean, quarterbacks make bonehead passes sometimes. I don't, I don't know if if I think he's any better than I thought he would be. I, I didn't think he would be a bad quarterback. I never I never thought he was a bad quarterback. I thought I didn't know if he would be a franchise quarterback or not, but I knew he'd be good. I thought I thought he'd be good. I didn't think he'd lose his job. So I guess, man, uh, to answer your question. Well, I mean, it's definitely uh it's interesting to see. I do think I think it's a little bit of both. You put the right yeah. line in front of him and the kid can shine and he can show you what he can really do. Yeah, I think they made him definitely more consistent with a with a different game plan. I, I like that they're throwing armor out there at fullback. They're lining up behind center and running it sometimes. I like that stuff does help a young quarterback out. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess your answer is yes. To, I, I rambled on about it, but yes, is the answer. <laughs> I've seen that. Try to give you the opportunity to ramble on a little bit about it. Steve yeah. Lim trolling in the comments says Jay Gruden is the best Louisville player ever. Yeah. He's Lamar in the top Jackson five. Had something to say about that. So would Teddy Bridgewater. He's in the top five. Oh, well, I got. Oh, there you go. But he's top five for sure. Yeah, I heard him. I'm not gonna knock him. Badass Lord Tipsy, what up, Tipsy? Giving us, giving us the old uh, flashing some metal there, and uh, Steve Lim's being sure to hey, he missed you, and uh, yeah. And he's been working a lot. You know what? A lot of people have been on their grind lately. And we got we to look at that here. Mark Seeland agrees that, yeah, Sam is going as quarterback and the change of Chris Paul and Mark Tyler Lawson. Hey, it's it's nice when things start coming together, you know, a little later than we wanted, but better late than never, um, especially all things considered. Spider Monkey 304. Says chances DK could carry Forbes to the end of like a toddler and catch a TD at the same time. It's possible. That's a 60 pound weight difference between those two, or 55 pounds, I believe. Because I believe DK is about what, 225. Forbes is 170 with all of his equipment on. Uh, you know, that 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 could happen. So I think that's where St. Juice could come in. St. Juice, you know, being 6'3, 210, a real physical, oh. physical well, guy. Well, 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 scored. Block punt for a touchdown. Let's get it. <laughs> L1C4. Um, still, no one's ever told me what the hell that means. But anyway. forever, man. Oh, that's what that means. All right. Yeah. I just learned something today, everybody. Um, but it says chances DK carry Forbes in the end zone. I don't think DK is going to be matched up on Forbes. Forbes, you, you, I mean, sorry, DK, you got to put physical guys on him. Kendall Fuller, pretty physical guy. St. Juice, definitely a physical guy. You got to put somebody who can match him. You know, somebody who, who's six over six foot and has a, a, a solid enough build that they can physically match up with them, especially any kind of jump balls. 
so I think that that's where you're going to see, especially with St. Juice really kind of, he doesn't have the interceptions, but he's got a lot of the pass breakups, and I think that he's going to be that guy. So uh, let's take a look at the injury report for the coming game. Now, this one's uh, a little bit interesting. We'll note that I am getting this off of the Seahawks website uh, because they have one that was updated just an hour ago. Um, no, I do not want Seahawks news. So right now, the DNPs for uh, today, uh, linebacker Jordan Brooks, guard Anthony Bradford, defensive end Mario Edwards Jr., he was resting, and DK Metcalf did not practice due to hip injury. And then uh, limited was DJ Dallas, Colby Parkinson, and Charles Cross, and everybody else listed here, Lockett, Smith, and Jeeba. How do you pronounce that guy's name? Someone help me out with this. Right here. Smith. Ninja Ninja Smith, whatever it is. <laughs> Smith Ninja. Yeah. Smith nigga. Smith nigga. I don't know. <laughs> Smith. You got it on you got Diva. it on like you got it on blind, you got it on like super small, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm like 46. I got Oh, uh, like, that's right. Here. I'm you know what, guys? See, I'm still learning how to do all this stuff because it's me, it's in full screen. Right here. Yeah, Jackson Smith Ninja Hill. Nigga Hill. Oh, <laughs> Ninjiba. Ninjiba? Is it Ninjiba? 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 Yeah, I think I said Ninjiba is right. Yeah. It is in Smith and That's a yeah. tough one. I'm usually good for pronouncing that's a cool, anything. That's a, that's a dope ass name put on a jersey, though. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> that's a dope ass well, name. We're going to probably jersey. see him. We're going to probably see him this week. Even though he's another wide receiver with a, with a uh, hip injury. Um, he is definitely having some, he, he was definitely having some injury, but he will be uh, playing this game. The one to watch out for is DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf did not practice today due to his hip injury. Um, you know, at this point in your career, it, you, you know, you should, you can miss practice. And if you're good to go for a game, I mean, you know, nothing's going to change so much that it's going to affect but uh, if he's still going to that game injured, that's that's a plus for us because that takes away a big weapon for them. Washington Commanders, limited participation today was Curtis Samuel with his toe injury, full participations, Emmanuel Forbes Jr. with his Achilles. Uh, Forbes looks like he's going to be good to go. Samuel apparently looks like he's going to be good to go as well from all reports. So I'm definitely thinking that uh, we're going to be coming to this game very healthy. And good to go. All right. Let me pull this back up here. So injury report looks good for us. And um, doesn't look quite as good for the Seahawks. Now, let's talk about some matchups to watch. Dev, Seahawks versus Commanders. What is your matchup to watch? Um. Uh, well, the matchup I don't want to see really is Forbes on uh, on Metcalf. Uh, but Forbes on that nigga Jackson, how he said his name. Uh, but it, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I want to see, I want to see what Fuller has on uh, on uh, Metcalf. Honestly, well, you know that Forbes was targeted seven times in the Patriots game, allowed two completions for 12 yards. Patriots receivers are crap, though, man. I'm not going to give them credit for that. Those receivers are crap. 
Devontae Let's Adams see. never plays. Not Devontae Adams, but Devontae Parker from Louisville never plays. Um, but neither here nor there. Well, still, I think I think bounce back game, bounce back game for a rookie is important. So that's why I'm I'm not as I mean I'm still worried, but if DK's not out there, that definitely makes me feel a lot better about Forbes covering anybody. Um, In Jigba, yeah, we'll get that. So Thomas Billings says Curl's gonna be watching DK deep Sunday. Um, he's probably watching anybody deep on Sunday, but I don't know because Curl doesn't play deep. He usually plays close to the line, so. Probably Percy Butler is going to be watching deep. All right, man. I got to do. I'm going to say this, but please, Quan, play Quan Martin. No. <laughs> uh, Lockett and Forrest be a good matchup. Go cards. So Marcus says, Thomas Millen points out that dang, we're actually healthy, which is nice. Um, Mars had to about week 10. Well, I don't know. Previous years, it was usually around week seven or eight that we started losing everybody. Uh, so let's let's hope that this uh, bout of good health continues. Um, Spider Monkey wants to know if we're going to see more, uh, still see more Crowder or Samuel. Samuel um, still hurt, right? Samuel looks like he's going to be. He was limited today, but the projection is that he will play this week. As of right now, I want to see Samuel. Samuel was our best receiver of the first half of the season, man, or first half the first half of the season, first quarter of the season. <laughs> I mean, you could definitely make a case for that. Um, yeah. I would like to see Samuel – I'd like to see him run Samuel without having all these special plays. Like, let's not force plays to no, Samuel. They just, just let know him run routes. Drags. Yeah, he's been yeah, let run routes because he could do that and do that well and still do well. We don't need to run special plays for Samuel because whenever he's in there, if teams know that, that you know Samuel gets all these special plays for him, they're going to key on. So let's 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 keep spreading the ball around and keep the defense guessing. That's my suggestion. Steve Lim with the phonetics Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know what's funny is that I got that right on draft night too. Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'll have to remember that. I'll probably hear it a million times because we he all went to, he, went to, he went to USC, right? Yeah. Yeah, that dude was dope. What was he there when they had a uh that dude from the Lions? Uh, golf. St. Brown. Oh, I want St. Brown. Uh, no, he came. He came up onto the starting roster after St. Brown was drafted. Let's see, you know, what do we got? But no, I'm, I'm on St. Brown. Uh, was drafted in Smith and Jigba came up, and uh, kind of took his together. spot as an, as uh, wide receiver one. They never played with each other. I think they may have. I think Jigba was behind. St. Brown on the uh, depth chart as a as a, like a freshman or a sophomore. Spider Monkey says his matchup he wants to watch is the offense versus the twelfth man. Um, obviously, you know Sam Howe in one of the loudest environment hostile environments out there will be interesting to see. Um, the matchup I'm looking to see is. Our defensive front six, front seven versus the Seahawks running game. We've done a really good job of mitigating uh, running attacks. We'll allow about one big run a game, uh, which Del Rio did address. They said that's kind of been their Achilles heel is they allow that one big play here, one big play there, and that's you know mitigating all the good work that they do. Um, 
you take away that one run that Stevenson had last week and the Patriots ran for about 50 yards last week. So I'd like to see if we can continue mitigating the run myself. Marcus Edelin says that he wants to see the matchup as our protection versus Seahawks Blitz packages versus our deep and uh, our DBs uh, versus Seahawks wide receivers. Those are two matchups to look at. Lord Tipsy points out that Witherspoon is a beast. We won't argue that here. Matchup to watch. EB's play calling against Seattle's defensive coordinator play calling. That's a good matchup to watch because, you know, these are not two teams. These are not two coaches that have seen too much of each other. You know, it's kind of a, a, a foreign thing. Last time we played the Seahawks was in Washington. And we beat them 17-15. A great defensive effort. It was in 2021. We were making that uh we went on that four-game win streak after Chase got hurt. See, so Brown was drafted at the same time as Deami Brown, correct. So yeah, they may have played one year together, uh Smith and Jigba and uh St. Brown, but that'd be about it. Yes, he's probably stupid. Fine, Lord fine Tips says, is it me or do the Seahawks hit extra extra hard when they play us? I swear they laid a wood on us. It's been historical that we have a thing with the uh, Adams with is the hard, Seahawks. man. We've been we've lost them three times. The last three of the last four times. I'm sorry, three of the last five times we've been to the playoffs. Um, we went to the playoffs after 05, 07, and 2012. All three years, we were eliminated by the Seahawks. Um, you know, of course, you know the the you know the tw- after two thousand five was uh, when our offense went completely to hell. We lost twenty to ten to a Seahawks team that went to the Super Bowl, and then uh, we lost to the Seahawks in twenty uh, two thousand seven. That was when Todd Collins says we were actually tied at um, fourteen apiece. And then uh, we just let that game get away from us at the end. They had two interceptions returned for touchdowns uh, at the end as we were trying to pass our way back into uh, a tie game. And then uh, 2012 was the infamous Robert Griffin game where he, you know, snuck onto the field when no one was looking <laughs> at one point because they were talking about take, possibly taking him out because his knee was gone. Um, but – Spider Monkey says, which unis that we're wearing? If I understand correctly, we're going white jerseys on burgundy pants. I'd rather go all white. I don't know if we are or not. I mean, that's I just saw somebody mention that today on Twitter. I don't know. Y'all need to turn on ESPN and see the color scheme of Louisville wears. We need to do that color scheme. We got all the same colors, basically. Just like just wear that color. Like do that color scheme. That black and white. Instead of that little gray outline, use gold or fucking yellow or whatever you want to use. But they need to definitely use that color scheme. The helmet and everything, the big ass black helmet with the white W on it would be dope, bro. That would I be mean, dope. you know, I know a lot of fans would be mad. They already don't like the name. I don't think they want us to get too want us to stray too far from the burgundy and gold color scheme. But we already have black in our colors. It's the same colors. Instead of red, just do burgundy. Red, black, and white, burgundy, black, and white, and gold. That's our colors. It's the same colors Louis has. They have gold on their helmets too with the Cardinals. I mean, I'm, like I said, I mean, it's different. Differently, I uh, I would love to see us find a very. I'm I'm the only person who thinks this. I'd love to see us go back to a variation of the gold pants. Yeah, 
I want black pants, black jerseys, white ladder, white white numbers with gold trim around the letters, dog. And I want a black helmet with a white W on it. That'd be fucking dope. I would love to see you come up with this concept. We can we can show it on the podcast one of these days. Do it, dog. <laughs> Uh, Spider Monkey wants to know how many 20 yard plays the plus yard plays our defense give up. Uh, four. <laughs> I just threw a number out there. I don't know. Depends. It really depends. I don't, th- I'm not, I'm still not sold on, on Geno Smith as being anything spectacular myself. Um, you know, he's having kind of a, a, a mid year. We're doing all right, but, uh, you know, Spider Monk says the Miami Shark uniforms. No, those were black and white. All black with white. I see. I watched any given Sunday. On yeah, TV. Miami Shark uniforms, man. Inflate your chest, drink matrix. <laughs> My name's Willie. Willie Beeman. <laughs> <laughs> Watch, like I said, that, that movie. I remember when I was in high school. I don't want me a Willie Beeman jersey, bro. When I was in high school, everybody's movie was Remember the Titans, and mine was Any Given Sunday. And I was like the outcast for that amongst all the football I like the program. All football guys. Like, everybody loved. Well, you can't remember. Remember the Titans came out when I was in high school. So, like, that was the inspiring movie. And I'm like, nah, man, Any Given Sunday is much better. Sorry. I understand we're in Virginia. T.C. Williams is in Virginia. You know. They feel like that's an us movie, but no, no. Any given Sunday was the one I always went to, uh, but I always got to be different. <laughs> uh, all right, Dev. Washington Commanders win if uh, they don't turn it over. I know it's the oldest uh, rule in the book, but don't turn it over. You can win. Don't turn it over. You can win. Don't turn it over, huh? Don't turn it over. Yeah, we're not. We're unfortunately we're good for about one, at least one a game. Uh, yeah, one stupid one in the end zone too. I want to bring that <laughs> shit back up. Yeah, here you go. No, no stupid, no stupid turnovers in in the end zone or in the red zone. Uh-huh. Um, either red zone. Don't turn it over. Period. But yeah, I got, I got you. You know, don't turn the ball over. I say Commanders win if they can control the clock. Now I know that's. Another one of those old adages, but look how it worked against uh, the Patriots. Right. You know, we, we controlled the ball for over 37 uh, minutes. Now, the Bravens ran for almost 300 yards on the Seahawks. I know we don't like to run the ball. Do you think that maybe Eric Bieniemy saw that and said, hmm, might have to run the ball a little bit, keep this ball on the ground to dominate that clock? You know, I'm, I got. I got to be. Uh, I got to think that that's something they have to have seen. They have right. to have seen something in that. So control the clock, keep their wide receivers, keep Kenneth Walker off the field, and you can win this game. Steve Williams says Commanders win if they can keep the wide, Seattle wide receiver core in check. He also pointed out that uh, Gina is down. He's having a down year. This can't be his get right game. Spider Monkey ass, was it the jambalaya? Was it the jambalaya? <laughs> Any given Sunday. Was oh, it the yeah. Jambalaya? yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Says, don't hurting. I do remember that. Run to the car. <laughs> <laughs> 
Football is a game of inches. inches. That's my sex life. My sex life is a game of inches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lying. It's a game of yards, Ooh. bro. Oh, man. Where was the... Uh... I'll have oh. a sounder. Um, <laughs> oh man, I don't know where Dev put that or where Steve put that sounder. Oh well. Anyway, I'm ordering a Willie Beeman jersey, bro. I'm not lying to you. Mark Zeeland says Commanders win. They run the ball and JDF. JD, uh, there, look that. You don't want the white one. You want the black. The one. black. The black one don't have the San Jose Sharks or whatever it is. Not San Jose Shark, the, uh, what are they, Miami the Sharks. Sharks. Yeah, they ain't got the Miami Sharks logo on the black one, man. I don't ever remember wearing white jerseys in the movie. They always wore the black on black. They did. They did. Hold on. I don't want to see. I'm sure you saw. <laughs> All right. Best Lord Tipsy. Commanders win at Forbes has a solid game. That would definitely help. The more defensive backs you have having a solid game, the better. For sure. Thomas Millen. Commanders win if Sam Howell takes less than three sacks. I think you're right. That's a big one. We definitely see if we can keep the three sacks or less, how's going to be cooking for sure. Steve Lim says he's Asian. It's a game of inches. <laughs> Steve. Well, selling me ties. <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad Steve, you know, he can't be here, be here on camera and on the, mic. The Asians use the metric system. And, pro and providing content and thoughts and opinions. Um, all right, so let's move this forward. We are cooking tonight. That's that's how it is. Predictions. Dev, what's your prediction? Not for the Louisville game for the commanders and Seahawks. Uh Washington wins 24-21 in a slobber knocker. I just want to say slobber knocker. I mean, you're not wrong. It, Shout it, out to Jim Ross. By God, he is broken in half. Um, no, you're not wrong. Um, it's going to be a, another one of these Harding events. We always have violent and weird matchups with Seattle. Always something strange that happens. Like it never just unfolds like a normal game. You know, it's always somebody steps up when hasn't necessarily been the case. Uh, but I've been battling on this one all day long. I actually have Washington winning. It's going to be a close one, but I'm going to say 23 to 19. Uh -huh. It's going to be an oddball score. I just had that feeling, you know, just like you know, the last matchup we had with them, is it's going to be a close one. It's going to be first team to 20 wins. We're going to barely get over that 23, and they're going to be barely short of it at 19. So I have it as 23-19 Washington. Lord Tipsy having a good laugh at Steve. Um, Thomas Millen predicts 31-21 Washington. Whew. Wow. That is a pretty significant uh, – Number of points he has is putting up on Seattle hasn't been playing well. They got a couple of injuries too, I think, right? Yeah. It is, it is, it is. Now I'm gonna point out, all right, that right now Seattle 
are six and a half point favorites. And the over-under is 44 and a half. So I'm saying barely take the under, but I'm having us beat Seattle by a four. So, yeah, Seattle are six and a half point favorites. If you take away the three points for home advantage, it's still a three and a half point favorite. So they're still uh, – Vegas is not buying the hype for us yet that we seem to be starting to grow. Um, Marcus Eland, 24-20, Washington over Seattle. Badass or tipsy says it's gonna be a blowout. 34-3 commanders. You know what, Tipsy? I, I can't get on board with that score, but I can get on board with that energy. I can get on board with that energy. I like that. I like that. I like that. And then wet blanket. Here comes Steve. Says it's gonna be 30 to 26 Seattle. That's a high scoring yeah. game. And then he reacts. He says, I got to pick against for good juju. He says, just kidding. I'm going 24-20 Seattle. Okay. So let me write these down because I am now in charge of this whole boat of, of different things here. So Dev, you said 24-20 Washington. Yeah, 20, yeah, 2421. 2421, Washington. See, I got to write these down, guys. I can Steve says. i make sure I get all these for you guys. All right, okay. Steve's writing this down now. See, you know what? See, that's that's why. Steve, Steve over here still still helping out. Um, so just to repeat the scores we got, it's gonna be 23-19. Um, Washington. It's my prediction. Dev says 24-21 Washington. Thomas Millen says 31-21 Washington. Marcus Edelin says 24-20 Washington. And Lord Tipsy says 34 to 3 commanders over the Seahawks. Oh I would love. I would love. That ain't happening. Now, I got to say this. All right. Two of my most, three most recent ex girlfriends. One was a Patriots fan, one was a, is a Seahawks fan. We beat the Patriots. Let's. Let's 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 beat beat the Seahawks. I can go two and zero, two and zero on my exes. Um, <laughs> oh man, Commandalorian steps in. He says twenty two twenty one Seattle is his prediction. Oh, he says it's going to be a close one. I think Commandalorian and I are thinking along the same thing. Weird score and um, close game. Lord Tipsy says he hates Seattle so much. Hey, bro, I get it. I get it. Uh, but nonetheless, anybody else, if you haven't dropped your predictions, please do so. If you do, uh, you're going to get a gift from us, and Steve will have that for you um, as well. So if you have to get the score and the winning team correct. So that's the key to this. Uh, but anyway... So we have burned through this one pretty quickly. I guess it's what happens when there's only two of us giving opinions instead of three. 
Uh, Steve pointed out that said the whole 12th fan in nonsense was so tiring. They didn't exist before Russ took him to the Super Bowl. Um, yes and no. The Seahawks did retire number 12 before Russ for the 12th, for the 12th man. I do remember them doing that years ago. Um, oh, we have a late entry. Awesome. Into the, uh, here. It's going to be Aaron Shearer. Right here. 2624 skins. Right? That's Aaron Shearer putting up that uh, that thing, and he says, fuck Seattle. <laughs> Shearer is a, a good name. So. Hey. And then he says, Redskins commanded 12th man as part of their 87th, uh, 87th Super Bowl win, their tribute video. Day. You know what? The 12th man in Seattle is nothing compared to the 12th man at RFK. Because Seattle Stadium never rocked on its foundation. <laughs> See, Sherry says, what up, y'all? He's a little late. That's fine. Better late than never. Although, hey, we burned through this one pretty quickly. Uh, but anyway, so I guess that means that we are coming to wind this one down yeah what up how's Louisville looking now I'm not paying attention to the score uh I don't know 14 at halftime 14 at halftime actually I'll tell you what honestly I hope you do beat uh, UVA I live we beat Virginia Tech. We beat Virginia Tech in basketball too last uh, day before yesterday. Just yeah, you know, asses at all sports. I'm not from Virginia. So the only team in Virginia that I really truly root for is JMU, <laughs> who are ranked in the uh, NCAA top 25 ah. because ah. of stupid rules. They're not bowl eligible because it's only their second year in division or in the uh, FBS. Uh, which is nonsense. Got, They're undefeated this season. My son, uh, funny story about my son in Virginia. I, we were, um, I don't know if you've ever been to Racine, Virginia, which is like a hole in the wall. It is. I know um, exactly where it is, too. My, my, my ex-wife, uh, her grandparents lived there, so we used to go visit there every, every uh, you know, every year we go visit. And uh, my son, who is now 20, uh, at the time, he was probably like eight or nine. He said, <laughs> we said, hey, Trey, we're, uh, we're going to Subway. There's two stories on this trip, by the way. He said, one, we went to Subway, and I uh, asked him, you know, we were in Virginia. I asked him, I said, hey, man, uh, what do you want to eat while we're here in, you know, Subway, Virginia? He said, oh, I have the same thing I have when I'm in America. I'm like, you dumbass. You know what I'm saying? Like, he thought, <laughs> we're in a whole other country. And then one time I asked him, you know, I asked him what a vagina was, you know. And, uh. He said, and, uh, I, and I said, you don't know. How, uh, he said, I know what it is. I know what it is. I said, boy, you don't know how to spell vagina. He was, again, like eight years old. He said, yeah, I do. I know what it is. I said, all right. What's a vagina trade? He says, uh, it's an Indian. He thought we were talking about Virginia the whole time. Like, he, he thought that was, he thought a vagina was a Virginia. So, we, every now and then, we, if you ever are around us, I'll tell, I'll tell him, uh, I'll call him a vagina Indian all the time. And he'll, you know, he'll only want to get, you know, we still ragging about that now, 10, 11, 12 years later. 
Oh, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. The China Indian. See, that point, uh, JMU beat Michigan State and Tom Izzo in basketball the other day. Embarrassed them. That is something, too. Because... We got beat by Kentucky Wesleyan. So, yeah, JMU's be... basketball team, their men's basketball team, has always been one of those ones that they'll occasionally, very occasionally, find themselves in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, they're one of those 16 seeds that gets fed to a Kentucky or a Duke or somebody like that. Um, so, yeah, not not necessarily um, a legendary program. I used to go to basketball games all the time back in the late 90s when I first moved down here because it was the first time in a while I had, you know, real college basketball near me uh, after living in Pennsylvania for a couple of years. So it was nice to attend and they have a new stadium new arena and everything down there uh really? that is really dope um so if you're in if you're in that area you know if you're in the harrisonburg area and you want to catch a game go catch a game at that stadium it uh like i said it's a new facility it's only been around for about three four years at the most now hasn't been around very long and uh it's still spanking new and lots of purple if you like the color purple it, it, it's a place to be because it is jmu's primary color Marcus Seedlin says, Liverpool's lead 14 nothing. Corey won't have any jokes tonight. Hey, y'all can t- carry that beef on with, uh, Sanche- with uh, the Sanchez over there. Corey Sanchez. And Cher wants to know why his post was taken down. Oh, man. Uh, a nasty little, little fluff up in the old Washington Football Addicts group because people don't listen to the rules. Do not post game-related posts during the game, outside the game thread. We don't want to clutter up everybody's news feeds and the page feed. Thank you. Right. Yeah, he's messing with me from the other day. He knows exactly. I know what you're talking about, Aaron. And and, and it's funny because everybody was like, oh, man, it sucks. He was responding to them. I gave him the explanation as to why I know silence. You ever heard the song No Sex in the Champagne Room by Chris? Oh yeah, I love that. Is that that's what you should do? No comments in the out the game chat at the get the game chat room. No comments <laughs> off the game chat room. That's what you do. No sex in the champagne room, man. Mandalorian says, "What's the over under for Forbes getting benched against Seattle if he plays like he did against New England? It ain't happening. We'll see if the kid's confidence is up." By the way, shout out to the veterans, bro. Uh, tomorrow Veterans Day. Salute your, uh, you know, troops, man. We got Steve on here. Thank you for your service. We have Rod yes, on here. Sir. Thank you for his service. I don't know if Ellie was in the military. I know myself and Phil. No, Ellie was never in the military. Ellie's just militant. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly racist, but yeah, I get it. I totally, totally get that. Look, but uh, <laughs> you've been in the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ellie's not. Ellie was not in the military. He was just. He definitely like, seems. He definitely seems like the type of guy that makes his bed first thing. Man, that's that's a skill set. My girlfriend's like that. By the way, she makes the bed as soon as she gets out of it every morning. Man, like I, I can't do it. That motherfucker just be there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Shout out to all the veterans. Salute to uh, Veterans Day, especially our own veteran Steve, who again is in the comments, but it could not be live with us tonight. Um, hopefully all went well at the uh, PTCs that you had to go to tonight. Uh, Aaron Sharon asks, what's up with Forbes' Achilles on injury report? He's a full go. I'm not worried. He'll be playing. 
He's a he was a full go in practice today. That's probably so. the strongest part of his body. Hell, <laughs> well, it's not like it's holding up that much weight, <laughs> right? And Steve Corey says that he hopes that they don't put him on island for his own good. He's good, doing good, well floating. Yeah, I don't think, um, I don't think uh, they're, they're going to be putting anybody on an island right now. And I think that's the best thing for this defense. You know, don't lock up people on the island. Just don't allow mismatches either. Yo, uh, Marcus, I, I've never been inside the Yum Center, bro. That's crazy. I've never been inside the Yum Center. My girlfriend, she went to Louisville, man. She's been in there a few times. I I, I have a goal this year to go to a Louisville basketball game. Um, But I've been to Louisville basketball games. I just haven't been in, in the Yum Center. I went to one in uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, a little tournament I had there before. I've been uh, a couple of Louisville games. Went to Rupp Arena, went to Washington, but I've never been to the M Center, man. It is very. It is. It. I have heard it's just like an NBA stadium. It's nice or arena. It's nice, man. So, I think they got it in anticipation, trying to get the uh, Bobcats when they were moving from the from New Orleans or wherever. Well, I said, if you like, uh, let me see if I can get this picture up. Sorry, New Orleans, how it went. We were supposed to get the Bobcats. They're going to name them the Colonels. Oh, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about, too. Yeah. Let me me just uh, full screen this real quick. I said, Jim, you just got this stadium back. I think it was, I think it was 2019. I think it was right before COVID. Why are you getting that up, man? Loki finale is tonight. Gen X is tonight. Invincible is tonight. As soon as I get off here tonight, I am watching Loki. Then me and my girlfriend are watching Hot Tub Time Machine because she's never seen it. She's not supposed to. Let me full screen is. It's not going to be a, a great look oh, at that it. Is, that is. That's good looking, man. It looks like a high school gym here, but you know. No, it's, <laughs> it holds about 8,000 people. They have, if you look up if you look up in the size, they have a second deck. Yeah. Um, behind the baskets, they just don't have it around the whole arena. Man, you, need come, you need to come look at some of these stadiums I got here for high school, man. They look like that. <laughs> oh, I bet they got a dome in like Marion County, man. Like in Lebanon, they got a dome. It's dope. Like they, I, I remember when I my son played football here. They got like a, they got like a state of the art turf field. They got a nice school. They got nice stuff, man. They won state championship, though, man. They they great win two in a row. Well, you know, you remember movie? uh, Here's a little trivia for everybody. Y'all remember movie uh, Blue Chips? Yeah. Remember that stadium they they were in? It looked like a college. It looked like a college arena, right? Yeah. That was a high school dome for basketball in Indiana, which of course yeah, yeah. Indiana Indiana, has a lot of good Indiana high school sports uh, stadium basketball. Places too, yeah. I've been Indiana to few of them. Loves their basketball. I ran track yeah. in the RCA Dome once, man. That's dope. That place doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now they play at that the Canseco Fieldhouse now. But, um, but it is yeah, definitely sure a, with the Martinsburg High School is a small college field with the turf and everything. Yeah. I do. I have gone by their high school. Yeah. Um, Hanley. In Winchester, which is next to the South, they have Hanley is a uh, public school that has a private endowment. So basically, they have a ton of money, and they have what is basically like a D three college field. No, not even that. I'd even say D two. I've seen D three colleges with worse fields than them. 
By the way, Marcus is lives in Lebanon, so he knows that Dunwash thing about basketball. He lives in that town. It, it's the high school in his town, so he knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's pretty dope. I mean, it was when we were in high school. I'm old now, man. That motherfucker probably looks decrepit now, you know. <laughs> but, uh, he says he's going to lose his shit if he sees uh, Forbes ice on DK. I think we all are. Aaron misses Cole Fieldhouse. That was such a great place. My grandmother had her graduation. Um, I, I miss I miss I miss uh, Freedom Hall. Freedom Hall was dope. Freedom Hall. That's where Louisville used to play, right? Yeah, when everyone chip. Well, they won. Did they ever play at the Gardens? No, nah, I don't know what that is. Louisville Gardens? Oh no, nah, man! Like the fairgrounds and shit. Like the, well, the Louisville Gardens is downtown, dude. Nah, that's just now. That stuff wasn't there. I don't think. Oh, the Gardens is oh, the Gardens just closed a couple of years ago. That thing's been around since. 1930s. It's a legendary venue for pro wrestling. If you if you know your old school territory wrestling, yeah, Freedom Garden. Hall. Uh, Freedom Hall was in the gardens, though. So I guess that's what you. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. So okay, yeah. They took that whole thing down. Is it torn down now? I know it was. Yeah, that whole that whole place is gone. I went to see. I went to uh, sold out. I guess the pre the pay per view uh, WWF sold out where it had Undertaker and also. Uh, I went to that pay per view. I went to a couple of Monday Night Raws and Thursday Thunders in there at Freedom Hall. I was. I told you I was there. Whenever uh, Jericho first came, I was there, man. Yeah, because it was sold out. Was a WCW pay per view. That was that was when that was when they had nah, the, like, sold, the end. sold out WWF man. No, I think you're confusing that with uh, one of the uh, sold out. Your house had, a, had a ghost or whatever man on the little thing. It's really dope, man. Well, I might have been. I think that was cold day in hell. About ninety seven. It might have been like ninety seven ish. Yeah, it's cold day in hell. Then I, I think I know which one you're talking about. I gotta go back and look and see when it was. Yeah. But they used to run wrestling events there all the time. Yeah, yeah. Mandalorian says AJ Brown and DJ Moore feasted on Forbes. He went at help. Metcalf and Lockett gonna be running double moves on him afternoon. JDR keep eight thirteen on a short leash. Hey, we'll see. I don't think they're gonna ISO him, and I, Metcalf may not play. He didn't practice today. He hasn't practiced all week. Hope he don't play. If he doesn't play, take it. I know the saying is to be the best. You got to be the best. Look, I'm just trying to be the average. That's what we <laughs> we trying to That's be the 500. Be the That's what we want to be. We want to be the hot 500. That's what we want to be. Right. Said Lebanon's got a nice dome. He might be going to the Taylor County Regional Football Game. Yeah, I, I haven't watched a high school football game. Uh, my son played high school. I went to all his games. But other than that, I ain't watched a high school football game since I was in high school. I don't even want to. I don't like high school sports. I don't follow them really here. They won, like I said, Bowling Green, uh, Warren East won a few state championships. Bowling Green High School has two. Like, they got two state champions in this city. They've had three because South Warren's won. They got all four divisions here, A, single A, triple A, 4A. They got all of them here. All of them win championships in football all the time, bro. Bowling Green has a lot of guys that's probably going to the league, so they got a lot of guys, bro. Marcus Elon says, Little Garden you said wrestling. Jerry Lawler. That's guys yeah. on Colorado. Yeah, Jerry Lawler was the king of Memphis, but yeah, they, he used to run up to Louisville all the time. Yeah, that was yeah, part yeah. of the loop. Jerry, they used king to Lawler run. was dope. Hell yeah. And yeah. yeah. C. Steven knows the king. The king. Yeah. By the way, you know. I'm the dude. Dusty Rhodes guy, first black wrestler to ever win a, a Bill Knox. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you, man. That's a dude. That's a dude. You, I, I don't you know. You can't tell dude. me that you can't tell me that, that dude wasn't a white dude dipped in like some some ch- some chocolate. 
<laughs> There's you no know way it. Dusty Rhodes was a white dude, was a black dude dipped in powdered donuts, bro. <laughs> there's, there's no way. There's no way that Dusty yeah, Rhodes the, wasn't black. The first, the, the first two, first two main event black wrestlers in, in history. Junkyard Dog in Louisiana and Dusty Rhodes to wrestle the town. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes and Junkyard Dog, bro. He's a common man. Working hard with I tell you what, honestly, hey, honestly explain, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anybody. I think Dusty Rhodes is one of those, is, is proof that, that racism is a mindset because I know that is one man that if you, as long as you're a poor, if you were just grew up poor, white, black, whatever. You loved Dusty Roads back in the day, especially in the South. Everybody loved Dusty Roads. did it brought everybody together. They loved Jeez. Dusty Roads. Dusty Roads a black dude, man. You couldn't tell me any different, man. If you was blonde, you would not know. There's no way Dusty Roads was a white dude, man. Mark Stevens says Bowling Green always said squads. Dusty Roads was black. He was he's Muhammad a, Ali of wrestling. He was a, he was, he was, <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. He was a, what's the, a racial, he was a transracial, man. He was like Rachel Dochel, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was a racial doche of wrestling, Dusty Rhodes. Oh my god! Yeah, bet y'all never thought that we would somehow get the name Rachel Dolezal brought into a conversation on a football podcast. You ever wonder, like, we Rachel did Dozell it. Look, you ever wonder how Rachel Dolezal looked better as a black woman though? That's weird. You ever seen a picture of her as a white woman? Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, you look. And she soared all the way to the top of Blackdom, too. Like, she was a more successful black person I than me. That's why I was mad, though. That's why I was before mad. They, before they broke the news that, oh, she just took, she tanned herself and then lied about her race, I had seen, like, a clip or two of her, like, trying to, you know, speak up as a, like, president of the N- chapter of the NAACP or whatever. And I just remember looking at them like, this woman ain't black. No, I remember looking at her like, I hit it. You know what I'm saying? That's what I said when I first... Well, and she can do hair like a black woman. I wonder what the plate like on Thanksgiving. I'm gonna follow her on Twitter. I wonder what if she can cook yams. Sweet candy yams. You gonna follow Rachel Twitter to see if she can cook yams? Sweet yams. All right, y'all. On that, Rachel Dozel, man, pigmently challenged, bro. Racially, (laughs) racial, transracial. All right, y'all. See, you don't get this on any what other. What other transracial people do you know? Oh, Would Eminem consider considerably be transracial? Um, nah, 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 nah. He just nah. He's just a dumb white dude, Because they're still trying to say he doesn't have any classics. And I, I heard that argument the other day. I'm like, crazy. Somebody really is. Nice. <laughs> anyway, you can catch us on all your DSPs. Definitely, if you hit Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. Subscribe. Michael McDonald's definitely transracial. He's definitely black. He's like white James Brown. His music was sampled for Warren G. There you go. He's just like James Brown. You don't understand a word he's saying. He's like, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this dude just said, but it sounds good. Like the real thing. And he just goes off. Like, what the fuck? Hey, Dev. Michael McDonald. Which do be you be? Huh? I said, which do be you be? Be you be. What's up? You never heard that? That's from, what was it? What's happening? 
Rerun goes up. Oh, yeah, where they bootlegged his album. <laughs> I like, like rerun. Rerun bootleg this album, man. That shit was yeah. crazy as hell. Remember that shit? That shit was crazy, son. The Doobie Brothers. He's like, which Doobie you be? Michael McDonald was black, really, though. The Doobie. Think about the Doobie Brothers. They got away with that shit in the 70s. Hey. Like, that's crazy. I'm like, Scooby Doo. They got rid of They got, they literally got that shit through. Different world, man. Different world. Different world, man. But I can't say Poontang on the podcast. I guess. No, you just right. did. Tank Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Hey man, yeah, Michael McDonald definitely. Transversal. My favorite was Jeff Baxter, but that's because he was the guitarist. I got yeah. one. I got one. The perhaps the most transversal person there is. Who? Tina Marie. Yeah, Rick James. Tina Marie, and I'll tell Tina, you why. Tina because Marie. I didn't know until I saw her in a video that she was even white. Definitely. I guess you could put Bobby Caldwell in that. Uh, Never gonna give you up. Remember, he thought there was a black guy until they saw Rick Astley. Wait a minute. What? What about that one song? Being around the world. Nah, yeah, yeah. Remember, everybody yeah, found yeah. out. Yeah. Everybody knew. Everybody knew she was white because the music videos were out by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but when you heard the song, but it's funny because black people claim Never her. Black people claim that woman like. They, like she is an African treasure. It's hilarious. They did. they did. I was one of those guys. She was like the she was like the first uh, white singer chick that gave me a boner. I remember that specifically. <laughs> Dumbass pixie cut. Hey, Mandalorian <laughs> over here just says Post Malone. No, nah, man. He looks like a dirty person. I don't know. <laughs> it looks like he don't wash his ass. Uh, Post Malone. I remember when Charlemagne interviewed Post Malone at some awards show, and he went. You actually <laughs> smell good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he smells great. Right, but he looks like he doesn't look not. like it. But he definitely probably, you know, does. White he Iverson. Like he's like one of the coolest guys ever in the world, though. By the way, he, White Iverson. He ain't even. He ain't even like White Brian Scalabrini. Oh, that's a good one though. What about Jason Williams? White chocolate himself. Uh, yeah, that dude. That dude could ball. I was a huge. What about player. what about Samuel Devonte Howe? No. <laughs> Samuel Devonte Howe. No, you're not your first transracial person because he transcends Asians, white people, black people, Latinos. We all love Sam Howe. Because he has an airbrush beard or whatever that is on his face. <laughs> I don't know what he. He's he got like the George, beard. Like a little George Michael in there, you know what I'm saying? No, he's got he, his beard. Look, his beard's like mine. When I go to the barber and they threw that vegan powder in there to fill Oh, they call it in the black in the black neighborhood we call it Beijing, buddy. That's what they call that shit. They run their face, line you up. Get it with that Beijing Beijing. on you. Yeah. He does it like you get a little Beijing every now and then. I get that. Who's the ain't gonna lie? Yeah. Tina Marie, probably the blackest white person ever though. She Yeah. Tina Marie for sure. Mandalorian says Jeremy Lynn. <laughs> said Jer- Taylor Dane. I remember Taylor Dane had black women lips back before her people had black women lips. You know what I'm saying? She's like <laughs> the first Kardashian motherfucker. Yam dropping in and say hi. Yam, good to see you. You missed a good conversation. <laughs> Man, we're talking about the blackest white people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Max Kellerman. <laughs> he can't rap. Max Kellerman. No, he sounds like it because he, he used to do that Iggy style back in 92 when he dropped his mixtape. Yeah, he can rap, man. 
By the way, one of the most smartest people only just being a dumbass was letting him go. By the way, but nah. still, Max Kellerman's an idiot, and he was trying to he 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 was trying to be you know vanilla DOS FX. Nah, that's, I think <laughs> it was him. I think it was him, man. I don't think that's a pretend. I think that's him, bro. I think that's just him. You know what I'm saying? It's, huh? it's what he wanted to be. I bet he had. I bet his IQ was higher than everybody's in ESPN's, bro. I'd be willing to bet that his IQ was probably higher than anyone's at ESPN's. And I like ESPN, by the way. I'm not dissing him. I just like his said Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless. Man. <laughs> he would be he would be uh uh Mr. Candy on Django. <laughs> if you <he> had to <laughs> That's Mr. Candy. I ain't no You want us to let him come? You want us to treat him like a white man? No. That's not what I said on <laughs> Django. By far the hardest scene on there. One of All right, y'all. I got I'm going to kill the podcast on this one. Yeah, Check us out. Like and subscribe. Listen to the audio version. Listen, watch us on YouTube. We're going to talk Don't about the whitest up. black guy next. Like Daniel Cameron. Hit subscribe. Hit the bell notifications. We'll see y'all Monday for the post game. Let's get this dub. And as always, peace and hell. Oh, peace.